1: Miami 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 like Miami welcome Miami welcome, welcome Miami Heat, Miami Miami Heat, Miami 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 is not producing our co-founder Brian Goins. Brian is uh Brian kind of chickened out today. Bam signed the extension. Brian had a lot of strong opinions on Twitter, and all of a sudden, Brian just wants to disappear from this podcast. But it's okay. We're holding down the fort. We got this. We got you covered. Miami Heat beat is the best coverage for it. Miami Heat basketball. So we're going to bring it to you uh, strong and informative. So on the bottom left, if you're watching on YouTube, is our statistician and professional Photoshopper Christian Hernandez
2: bam locked up for half a century think about that through 2025 he's wearing a heat jersey assuming they don't trade him but uh, i mean that's huge obviously you love, so you love to see it yeah.
1: you love to see it yeah. on the left we have alex musibay alex how do i say your name i'm always scared to say your name yeah no most of the
3: world is don't worry about it it's uh, a <laughs> mustabay <laughs> i was close musibay musibay yeah, it depends got how the, hispanic uh, you want it to sound I, I, I got the vowel
1: wrong. I got the vowel wrong on the U. And also, listen, first back-to-back guest on Miami Heat beat history. We've been going for seven years. So, Albert Dema, this is history. You're on back-to-back shows. It hasn't even been four days.
4: Yeah. Busy times.
2: <laughs>
1: Busy times for us. So, we're bringing
2: Albert you, you on. putting him through the ringer. He, he sounds
1: exhausted already, Gianni. <laughs> like it's been a long day for Albert. Today, today's oh, been a rough one proud. for Albert. Uh, we're going to get into the BAM extension and what that means for the Miami Heat. And if you're watching on YouTube, I plead you to follow us on Twitter at Heatbeat and also follow Blue Wire our Podcast Network uh, on all their social media platforms. You can follow me at GNavas103. You can follow Christian at I Can Be Your Hero, and you can follow uh, Alex at Alex Musibay. Right? That, that's your app. Yeah. You yeah. Good luck it. with you that just one.
3: Twitter. It. How do you spell <laughs> that for the people?
1: M U S I B A Y. So if you want to get involved with us on Twitter, we're very active there, and and it's it's we have a fun community. Also on our Discord server, you can join that uh, in the description below. So Albert, let's let's start business first. Bam, you, you talked a little bit about this last time you were on. Bam extension means what for 2021 in terms of getting a max level free agent? Like I don't know, Giannis Atacikunpo.
4: Well, essentially, it subtracts 13 to 18 million dollars of cap from... They had about, if they were being aggressive, they could get probably to about 40 million dollars of cap room, maybe even 43. If you're really, really aggressive, now they subtracted 13 to 18 million from. That. So we're left with, depending on whether Bam, Bam, whether or not he earns his 50 or 30, percent max criteria. It's a very important distinction. I'll take it anywhere if you're really aggressive to between 24 and 30 million dollars of cap room. That's probably not enough to sign a player outright unless that player takes a discount. If that player is going to be a max player, of course, like Giannis. So maybe that player takes a discount. If, for example, Giannis were to take a discount down down to about 29 million. He could take a one-year deal at 29 and get his max the next year. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, but even in that scenario you're talking about BAM not earning anything more than 25% of the salary cap. If he gets all NBA criteria, and I don't know what criteria is in his contract yet, but as soon as we find out, I'm sure we'll have more color there. If he gets it all and gets 30% of the salary cap, it's going to be even tougher to be able to fit somebody into that room. So Essentially, that's what it means. It It subtracts from the ability to have enough cap space to sign Giannis plus plenty of left over to all of a sudden not having enough cap space to even sign him.
1: So you mentioned something on Twitter about maybe Giannis signing like a one plus one. You know, because kind of players are, are are more you know into taking like you know fewer years. Can you kind of explain how that might work?
4: Right, so now you're, you're left in a situation where things become more challenging, and there's really two ways you can acquire a player like Giannis. First is a sign-in free agency, and the second is a sign-in trade. Both come with their complications. When I was referring to the one plus one, I was referring to the scenario in which they would sign him. So I'm saying to myself, okay, the Heat doesn't have enough cap room potentially to sign him outright at a max contract. But if they sign him to anything within 20% of his max for next year, he can take a discount this year and still get the max next year. So that would be a one, one plus one. one. So he signs a one-year contract at a little bit less than his max. If his max is about 33, he signs for maybe 28, 29. I'm just throwing numbers around. As long as that's within 20% of what his max for next year, the year after would be 34, 35 million, then he could get that max the next year. So essentially he'd be taking a discount, but only for one year. There's another thing with that that's important to understand. Two years later, he would be eligible for 35% max. So he'd have to would have to incorporate that into their thinking as well. If they can get him a two-year deal, and then get him to that 35% max, he can earn a lot more money in two years. That's the free agency route. So it's even sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. Finish. I, I thought you were done.
4: So, so you can envision it how, how it's playing out. And, and, and max players tend to do this more and more in recent times, right? Uh, Kevin Grant did something like this, by the way. You Kawhi, take a slight discount just to get to your team. It's within 20% of your max next year. So you get the max on another one, one plus one in the next year. So that's two in a row. One year deals with the Heat. And in two years, all of a sudden you get your 35% max and you get an even higher long-term deal from the Heat. So you can envision a scenario in which Giannis signs up maybe less than the max in the first year, maybe a full max in the second year on a on second one-year deal, and then in the third year, a long-term deal at the 35% max. And that would maximize Giannis's long-term earning potential if, if in a scenario in which he would join a heap on a free agency signing. There's so a completely avenue here, which is signing trades, but...
1: And I guess wow. kind of the tricky part of this is the cap projections, because from what I understand, I mean, we're not, obviously the, the league took a, a big financial hit with COVID and, and the bubble and, and no fans in the arena or anything. I mean, how much of this is dependent on very arbitrary, very um, unapproximate salary cap figures. I mean, if the cap you know goes a little higher than expected, is that likely to change a lot? Like, what do you think on that front?
4: On that front, we're in actually a pretty good position relative to other years in that because of the revenue challenges in the NBA, the the NBA and the Players Association set aside an artificial salary cap for the next several years. And so we have a range in which the salary cap could be, and that's a 3% growth to a 10% growth. And the NBA said, in all likelihood, next year is going to be a 3% growth. So when we say that the cap for 2021-22 is going to be 112.4 million, we've got pretty reasonable assurances that it's going to come in somewhere around there. So that's the number that we're all using when we forecast our our projections for next
1: year. Because it's at 109 this year, right? So the 3% growth would be around 112. So uh, I mean, I I guess, you know, and and I know that this is a lot of projection, let's say that there's a vaccine that comes in late December, and all of a sudden, you know, by February, you know, 50% 50% of the teams are, are having fans in the arena. The league finds a bunch of revenue that it didn't have before. Could you see that? I don't know how this works. That's why I'm asking. Gianni, you, do you know that the end of the December is like a month from now, right? I don't know. Didn't they say that they're like not, they're like applied for something? I don't know. Dr. Fauci said maybe by December. I'll go by the, Dr. Fauci. Pretty- I mean, but to get 50% of fans
3: back, I feel like that's kind of aggressive. I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm trying <laughs> no, to, be old, to be there for opening <laughs> tip of the regular season. Let's go. <laughs> I'm, just,
1: listen, I'm just saying by like February or something, if there's some sort of medical advancement and they can get fans in the door, at least some of them, I don't know how, Albert, are you, like how much is that would that affect the cap and i, I listen, i'm just finding angles here
4: so, so this is medical related obviously not my no I, we're 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 <laughs> past medical. <that, laughs> we're, we're like vaccine. fans in the door <laughs> albert. He's, he's not like, a doctor <laughs> but on the hippie, he's he's a a he, he plays both any, any vaccine even if it came out pretty quickly is going to take into the middle of next year to get out there you're not Why you taking again, wind out of my, my sails but- albert but 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 anyway, I mean, the league has provided its guidance, pretty pretty, you know, pretty securely that it's going to be at the lower end of the range. Could it go up slightly? Maybe, but I think it's a pretty good bet, yeah. more so than in previous years, that the projection is going to be fairly accurate. So, I think it's best to count on one twelve point four. If it goes up, it's not going to make a material difference.
1: I, mean, I, I was stunned this morning. Like I, when this news dropped, I mean, we had had the conversation that the money's not really going to matter. And then I think, I thought, I think it was Zach Lowe that reported that he doesn't even have a player option the last year. He's just all in for all five years. Um, and it kind of made me think, you know, cause we kind of talked about their cap maneuvering, you know, over the summer, well, over the offseason rather, and how, you know, they have all these team options and we talked about, well, the opting in, it's kind of weird cause you want the cap space. Do you, in your mind, do those team options suddenly have a different kind of value to you now than they did before?
4: Well, the heat signed those contracts with, with team options for a reason. So that value was always clear. It has more value in the context of him having picked up or extended his contract. Of course, when the Heat were signing those team options, I don't know whether they knew or not whether Bam would have accepted his extension. I have every reason to believe that the Heat would have offered it under any circumstance, and it was all up to Bam as to whether or not he would accept it. I don't know whether the Heat knew that he would accept it at the time they were offering it. But they didn't know it was a possibility, so that is precisely why they structured them <laughs> as they did. Not only did they structure them as team options, they structured them as team options at varying levels, right? Yeah. You got team options that range anywhere from two million, six million, to ten million, to fifteen million, to nineteen million. That, that's strategic. In other right? words, so Andy Ellisberg knows what he's doing. All of these players. Let's just let's just go into why that's important. So some of these players, you know, the, the, the players that the Heat bought back, they have. Um, veto power over any trades during the course of the season. So this isn't about trading people this season, but it is about potentially using their contracts in a scenario at the end of the season. Once the Heat exercises that team option, they become tradable. So all of a sudden in a scenario in which the Heat say, okay, I don't have enough room anymore. I can't sign Giannis into capital. Now I gotta go and pursue a trade for him. I've got a trade match potentially, unless I want to again fit them into cap room. And there's a way you can do that if you get rid of literally everybody, including people that nobody would want to get rid of, Tyler Hero among them. Um, if you all of a sudden have to trade match for Giannis, well then if he's going to be making 33 million, you got to get close to sending that much money out, 28 million or so. So all of a sudden you've got a $19 million contract, you've got a $10 million contract or a $15 million contract, depending on who's there, uh, depending on which player we're choosing. So they exercise the option. Once they do that, the veto power falls away and the Heat have the ability to trade that contract out and trade match to the $33 million coming in. That's one scenario, that's the other scenario. We walked through the cap room scenario before, that's the sign and trade scenario. So the Heat knowing that BAM might accept his, his extension, gave them these contracts to have that flexibility. They had the foresight to do that.
1: So, a couple of things I got to ask you. What, the first of which is, and it's more of a question than anything. So, I know last time we talked a little bit about their biannual exception, right? And if you don't use it this year, you have it next year, but under the condition that you don't use your cap space. If they sign and trade someone into cap space, does that apply? Does that mean, does that count as using the cap space in terms of your biannual or if they opt into all their guys, does that, will that trigger their ability to use it? I guess what I'm just trying to ask is if they don't use it this year in the buyout market, the likelihood that they'll have it next year, because I do think that, you know, with the hard cap, any sign and trade, you know, that that's going to get triggered. You know, you're going to have to find any exception that you can to kind of add players.
4: Yes. So if you sign and trade a player into cap room next year, then you would lose your biannual exception. You would lose all your exceptions. Um, You you would just get the the mid-level exception for room teams. If you sign and trade for him over the cap, which you could see as the more likely of scenarios, both are possible, but that that latter is the more likely of scenarios, then you would keep that biannual exception. Of course, the mo- Like you just said, the moment you sign and trade for a player, you become hard-capped. So the numbers start to get challenging, particularly if you want to bring back a guy like Duncan Robinson, right? Because he's going to demand another great year this year. It, the numbers start to get challenging, but yes, you have the flexibility to keep your biannual exception. This isn't all about Giannis. This is about maintaining flexibility for next year, and of what happens. Yeah. So for, D- for
1: Duncan... I'm thinking, you know, now that Bam signed his extension, would it? You think it's kind of time, or it'd be it'd be prudent to start looking at a Duncan extension now? Because now that now that your cap space is gone, you know, it, it might get more complicated to do that suit later rather than sooner.
4: Yeah. So uh, Duncan is going to reach free agency next year, restricted free agency. That's just the way it's going to be, and then he's going to uh, we're going to see where it plays out, right? So. You
1: don't think it'd be better for them to offer an extension now?
4: Well, they're limited. They're limited in what they can offer, and it's not going to be enough.
1: Okay. Um,
4: So, I mean, Bam's the type of guy, I mean, Bam. Duncan's the type of guy that I kind of uh, tweeted out in jest the other day that he was going to get, you know, he could get in the range of what (laughs) certain other people got, right? Um,
2: Joe Harris. $20 million (laughs) a year. It was around 20 million, 18, 20 million.
4: Uh, I kind of said, yes. I mean, Joe Harris got what he got. Davis for has got what he got, you know, Duncan Robinson sort of me. He's, he's more dynamic as a shooter, right? He, he creates space better than any one of those guys. So is he going to get 15 million? Is he going to get 18 million? Is he going to get more? I, I can't know that right now. It largely depends on how he performs this year. He could get less than that if he doesn't perform so well. So we don't know. We're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But um, the point is, once he gets that contract, that's going to eat a lot of our, uh, our room below the apron, below the hard cap in a sign and trade scenario. So we got to be confident in that as well. At this moment, let's say there is a scenario in which you do sign and trade for Giannis. And now you have Giannis and you have Jimmy Butler and you have Bam and Duncan Robinson. That's a lot of salaries to four guys and doesn't leave a lot left over. And you probably have to get everybody else in the minimum. I mean, then you might not have enough room to get to fit it all in. So it becomes very challenging to do a sign and trade scenario from that perspective as well. There's another thing that complicates sign and trade as well. They require three year deals. And like I said, previously, um, Giannis hits his 35% max criteria uh, or, or years of service. in other words, 10 years of service, you get 35% of the salary cap. He hits that level two years. In two years, if he has to sign a sign and trade for three years, he gives up a year and a higher salary. So that's another complicating factor for the Heat. All of which they have to take into account if they go to the sign and trade route. Yes. Christian, I, mean, you I guess that's the,
2: that's the thing that a lot of people I feel like aren't thinking about when it comes to the possibility of signing Giannis is. What's going to happen, especially to the next guy who's supposed to get paid, which is Duncan Robinson? Um, and I guess the big question that I have for you, Albert, like assuming none of these guys take discounts, like major discounts from what their market value should be. Do you see a realistic path for the Heat to keep a Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Giannis or another Max player Tyler and Duncan past next season?
4: So it's going to be very challenging and is, is the short answer, right? In any scenario, it's going to be very challenging to keep all those players, right? Now, the scenario in which you acquire Giannis provides more complications. If you do it the cap room route, you've got to clear the cap room, right? And if you just, in, under your scenario, he doesn't take a big discount, all of a sudden you got to clear everyone. So it's going to be extremely hard to keep Tyler Hero, who is making over four, a little over $4 million. It's, it's, it's going to be hard to keep anybody, really. Duncan Robinson could be an easier player to keep because he has a very low capital in that scenario if you sign him into cap room. But he would have to take a discount in addition to everything else. And you're assuming also, by the way, that Bam Adebayo doesn't earn is 30% max criteria. So all of those assumptions factor into your your scenario, making it extremely unlikely that they could do that. It's not impossible, but it would be difficult, right? I mean, there's no question that uh, uh, the BAM extension created complications. So in the free agency route, those are the complications. In the sign and trade route, okay, the sign and trade itself could be Fairly straightforward, but the implications after that are very challenging, right? he would have to agree to a three-year deal. He would, he would uh, all of a sudden, he would be hard-capped, and then re-signing Duncan Robinson becomes very difficult. Yes, there's challenges both ways now that we, we just have to find a way to, to, to work through.
1: I saw Bobby Marks felt pretty good about it. And like, if, if you and Bobby Marks kind of made me feel a little better about this, I was pretty doom and gloom in terms of them getting another Max guy. But, you know, I, I feel like you guys talked me off the ledge a little bit. Uh, Albert, I know I know you have to go. I know you have, uh, you know, you have your whole evening planned. And uh, I just so kind of on the way out, like, you know, not, not even just a, as a fan and as somebody who really understands the cap. You know, how did you feel about the extension? I mean, I think a lot of people, and we're going to get into that later, but like a lot, a lot of people on Twitter were really like, polarized about the deal. And, you know, Bam's a 23 well, year old superstar. I kind of, kind of wondering as someone who knows a lot more than about the captain we do, who's also a fan, like, what do you, how did you experience that?
4: Well, so you got to remove yourself from the actual math and numbers. And you just got to say to yourself, this is an organization. Heat culture is a very real thing. and I was not in any way surprised that the heat offered an extension to a player like Bam at a bio. He definitely deserves it. Right. So the question to me wasn't that they were going to offer it. The question was whether he was going to accept it. And clearly, he made a decision to accept it. And I think the Heat are thrilled to have him. Yes, it causes severe limitations going forward, but the fact that they offered it, knowing the consequence—I mean, you have Andy Ellisberg, who's the best in the business, right? He understands the implications of giving him that max uh, max extension, and he did it anyway. That, that speaks to the culture. So people dismiss heat culture, but It's very important to who they are. And it's also very important to be able to get people, right? Giannis and other players are sitting here saying, okay, the Heat knew exactly what it would do to their salary cap to offer this player that that max extension and did it anyway because it was the right thing to do. That works, right? So how do I view it? Yeah, from one perspective, it sucks for me because I know the implication it has uh, on next season. But on the other perspective... The right thing to do and they did it that's that's an honorable thing to do i love
1: so. that i love that spin you gave it it's absolutely true culture culture albert Thank you for your time. As always, you are gracious. You are a gentleman. You are a scholar. You are the best doing it. Honestly, like the reaction to the last podcast has been super positive on YouTube and on Twitter and everywhere. Like fans really, really appreciate the information that you give and the time that you give to us. So Albert, legitimately, thank you for coming on on short notice. You are incredible. And uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. All
4: right. Sounds good. Thank you, guys.
5: Take
1: care, Thanks, my Albert. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, and with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore, Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short-term list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try it with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is finally over. Football is back. And you might not be at the game this year, but you will be on in the action with Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you the most options to wager than anyone else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head over to BetOnline today and take advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That was Albert Namad. Uh, he's the best. Guys, he's he's awesome. He, he, he's awesome. He's great. Um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about kind of how Twitter reacted today, Christian, because... People, it it fucking annoyed me. I'm not going to lie. People like Brian, you know, on Twitter complaining and the doom and gloom fans. It's like, listen, I tweeted this out earlier. You have a 23-year-old superstar. You have Jimmy Butler who proved himself to be at least a top 12 player going toe-to-toe with LeBron in the finals. You have those two guys at the cornerstone of your finals run locked up for years. You bring back Goran Dragic, who is like the new wave of heat culture guy. You love him, was your third best player throughout that run. Sometimes your best player, right, who appears to be healed 100%. You have Tyler Hero going to get better. You drafted a really young, like very promising prospect. You have arguably a top three shooter in the league and Duncan Robinson, Sansk, Steph, and Clay. Uh, and you know, next year, he might be the second best shooter. You know, if, if Clay's obviously not going to play and, and, and we all hate that, but Duncan is, is going to be, it's going to be, it's him and Steph, right. And everybody else. So, and Tyler, the yeah. heat, yeah, he <laughs> the, <laughs> the managed to keep all those guys that were critical to a team that was two games away from a championship. Yep. No
2: and I think something that we we do have to like obviously it's especially with the build up to this summer I mean how long have we been talking about the summer of 2021 since what 2016 maybe like the build up to the summer has i guess made it so that people want something big and splashy to happen but there may come a point if things don't break the right way for the maybe handful of players that the heat are really going after there's a realistic possibility that they could just run this team forward. I mean, it's a young team for the most part, apart from really Jimmy. And Jimmy's not, he's going to be what, 31 next season? Like he's still got at least three, four very good years left. So it's like, it's not like the heat's window is, is short by any means. And it would be smart to invest probably not huge money in
1: talented guys who are young. By the way Albert just reminded me he wanted to reiterate that Duncan's not eligible for an extension until April. So he just he just wanted us to make sure that we had that nugget. So uh, oh, okay, like, I don't good. know if I said it directly, but Duncan isn't even eligible. Right, but the, the
2: whole that. thing is is that why don't why would Duncan even take that extension? Because I think he can get more money in restricted free agency.
1: Oh, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, you just buy up the cheap ears. But yeah, I mean, that that and listen, that's gonna be somebody's gonna and a lot of teams are, see that's a dangerous one because a lot of teams are gonna have cap space next summer. They got money Obviously, to spend. A team like Dallas, if they strike out, maybe they say, fuck it, we have this cap space, we have Valuca, let's get him a league-changing shooter next to him. Oh, man, imagine that fit. Oh, Mm -hmm. boy. Uh, You know, stuff like that, you know, and and he's going to get an offer, and I'm sure that Miami's going to match whatever they have to to keep him. You know, I mean, he's – I don't think it's going to get like that. I mean, I think the Joe Harris thing, I think he'll probably get what Bertan's got which is I think 16 a year. And I'm sure that Heat are going to offer him five years or whatever. I mean, how I, I wouldn't, I would would you be upset if they gave him a five-year deal?
3: I, I wouldn't. If he has another season like he did last year. Of course not. But, but again, I mean, if he has another season like he did last year, I think he's going to get really, really paid. I mean, I let's not forget. Yeah, I mean, teams I'm, are going to have Albert. money to spend.
2: And, yeah. And I'm with Albert that I think that Duncan is better than both of the guys who got paid this summer. Oh, yeah or this summer, uh, November, got paid in November. Like, I mean, it's gonna be, there's, I don't see a reasonable path. And that's why I really wanted to ask Albert that question because like, yes, I love a shiny new toy too but you, this is a salary cap sport. You need to think about the ramifications of your actions, and that would most likely mean that Duncan doesn't have a long-term fit here, which means that the Heat really have to consider whether they maybe want to use Duncan to either get the star sooner or to get a rental that makes them noticeably better, someone like maybe Victor Oladipo, for a run this season before 2021 but they have to consider the fact that they could lose Duncan for nothing.
1: I guess the the good thing about like their situation is they also have like these really young players on rookie contracts, right? So precious and, and Tyler and those, you know, t- the 2020 pick. And then what was Tyler? 15, 14, whatever. 17, Tyler whatever was, 14. was 14, 14. Right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, those are not top 10 pick salaries, right? They're, they're pretty manageable, uh, kind of low, low number salaries for players that are good right those will be
3: coming in at just above four million next year i mean come on just about what he produced
1: it's what he produced in the playoffs last year i mean that that's a little bit it's a little bit more than the biannual exception you know what i mean like that's that's a little more than what they're paying uh fucking mo harkless you know what i mean it's like uh and i don't know what i forgot precious's number but it's even lower than that I think it was like 2.5 three something
3: like I, that. I think I saw it at 2.6. No, I'm yeah, sorry, so 2.6 for this year, 3.2, I believe, for the following year.
1: Great value, great value contrast, especially if those picks were – I mean, Tyler are obviously already worked out, but if Precious works out too. Uh, yeah, I mean, Christian, I, I'm i okay. He, like, I was kind of disappointed as a fan like because, you know, obviously I think a part of – I think an angle to this is Miami has – been working for this summer of 2021 since the day they struck out on Gordon Hayward. I think we have to remember that, that the day that Gordon Hayward went to the Celtics, uh, Miami pivoted and they pivoted to 2021. They gave those four year deals because they said between the now and now, we're just going to sign these guys long-term. We're going to move them when we have to. We're going to try to remain a semi-competitive team in the East. And in 2021, when Giannis and Kawhi and all these guys are free agents, uh, we will, we move, we ride. And so I think part of this is some fans kind of were built up to, you know, feel differently about this, but also like the team just made the finals, right? They're they're ahead of schedule. I think that has to change the math a little bit. And while I understand, you know, what the fuck did people just want the heat to start playing hardball with, with bam, what are they going to say? Ah, oh, you're a restricted free agent. You're going to take, we're going to, you're going to get what we give you, dude. So fucking buck up buttercup. Right. Like, uh, and I think Barry Jackson was the one that reported it that, you know, somebody close to, to Giannis said that Giannis took note that the heat, you know, kind of like what Albert said, that he took care of their guy. And Giannis Giannis knows and exactly Bam, how the
3: negotiations went.
2: Mm-hmm. I was actually thinking about that report of Barry's uh, when he was talking about the fact that he can take a 20% discount in the first year and still get his full max in the following years. <laughs> That, I mean, if he truly does admire the organization and wants to be there, maybe he would make a slight concession knowing he's got... 15 years of massive paydays down the line, God willing, um, and then he'd be willing to to do that. So it's it's definitely interesting and, and worth kind of keeping in the back pocket when you're not sure if the Heat are going to have enough money or space.
3: That was the option that definitely caught my uh, attention the most while Albert was talking. I mean, look, I'll be honest. I'm incredibly happy with the extension because I don't want to do anything that will temper Bam's feelings towards our organization. I think he absolutely earned it after his run. But yes, selfishly, when I saw the news, my first thought was, oh, my God, I do not want to lose Duncan and Tyler. Like Because I immediately started saying, where are we going to just get this money from? But the 2-1 option is something I just did not consider at all. Um, And and I absolutely – I could see Giannis – being the guy that says, you know what? I know what this organization is about. My agent has been dealing with them. I know that they're going to take care of me in the end. Plus I want to play with some of these guys. So I'm going to take a little bit less this year, get ready for my 10 year max bump and and win rings, baby. I trust Andy Ellsberg. This is not just something that they do without planning ahead. I I agree. And I think that like, I think,
1: the team that they have and the core that they have is good enough that you have to, by all means, keep it together. And I know that he's an A plus star like Giannis or Kawhi or whatever, but if that comes at the expense of making your future unhappy, it's just, it's just not worth it. Right. And especially, I think we also have to remember the other angle of, you know, this franchise went through the Chris Bosch blood clots, right. Uh, which derailed them. And also that was messy. I don't know if you guys remember that got messy. That got really messy between Bosch and the organization and whether you think, I mean, I think the organization was proven to be right at the end. And I know that Chris and and the organization reconciled that, that looked bad. And then the Dwayne fallout. I don't know how you, that was nasty. And I don't know if you remember uh, Ethan, Ethan Skolnick reported that Dwayne texted him. They didn't even try. And I'll never forget that. Right. And that was kind of the blood the organization had on their hands for, you know what I mean? So you have Lulu Zebron, you lose Bosch, you lose Dwayne. It looks ugly. The the franchise has a fractured relationship with its star players. Um, You know, he culture was on its last leg. That was as bad as it's been for Riley in terms of his tenure here. I mean, that those kinds of, I mean, you could say what you want about the four year deals. I mean, at the end of the day, listen, they moved all of them, except for Linux, who was a key piece in their finals run. And they made the finals before any of those deals expired. Right. So they, that day they signed Hassan and Dion and all these people, right.
3: Those deals are expiring in 2021. It was well, I guess first, the song just expired it was the yeah. first time people and fans including like especially us those was the first time we were questioning Pat Riley like is he out of it did, did he lose touch I mean what's going on here it was not the same Pat Riley that that we'd seen operate before yeah so I mean if if that's the worst thing you do right like in
1: terms of signing but whatever I mean the point is that like you had this fractured relationship with your start players and all of a sudden you know, you're you're presented with this young starter to kind of do have a do over, right? They found another Dwayne. They found another guy who was like legitimately like a transcendent talent that everyone talks about. And, you know, they're writing features about him because he's so good and he's blocking Jason Tatum's shot at the rim. The other guy that everyone's saying is going to run the league, who is, you know, he gets hurt and all of a sudden your finals game is completely discombobulated, right? I mean, this is a guy who is a transcendent talent who doing everything on both ends of the floor. So, I mean, like, you do what you have to to keep him happy, you know? And I think that the organization learned their lesson with Dwayne uh, you know, and and that was a painful one, and they reconciled. And I, I, just don't think they're gonna fuck with players' monies like that again. I think that's an aspect. I think Mickey and Pat and Andy and Nick and all those pe- Spo and all those people, all that the brain trust of the Miami Heat. I don't think that they're ever gonna to do that again because what what it was with Dwayne was a couple million dollars, and that hurt them. That hurt Dwayne. I mean, Chris, you remember Dwayne's press conferences after that. He was fucking sad. He didn't want to leave. Riley was talking about, Riley, Riley is talking about I fucked up. Pat Riley talking about I fucked up. I fucked that one up.
2: Yeah, uh, I like to express myself in the visual medium for the YouTube uh, followers. But if you look at my background, I'd say that (laughs) that, (laughs) I I have, uh, I feel like this was really the turning point, you know, that the heat franchise went on a different course. Um, and it was on July 4th, 2016, when Dwayne Wade tweeted relationships are important people and it's the truth. And I think that is honestly, I think that might've been when Pat realized that you, you can't be like so cutthroat, In a business that's as intimate as especially in a sport that's as intimate as basketball. There's not that many players. The, you know, the staffs, it's not like you gotta, it's not like a football team that's got like 150 people there to support its team. Like it's a tight-knit group, you know. And and I think you've seen since then the heat committing a lot of money to players that maybe that it wasn't expected, really showing commitments to people that they believed embodied heat culture. And I think that them giving Bam the extension and letting him make the decision really continues to show that. And I think at that, that's going to pay dividends for them. And I, I mean, I guess we'll find out soon enough just how big of dividends that's going to pay. But I think having that kind of, reputation around the league, I think, pays off, especially for people that are serious and people that want to win. And those are the people that you want to be concerned with anyway. Christian, so, I mean,
1: they coined the term Heat Lifer and they were propagating the idea of this is a family. You know what, to me, Christian and, and Alex, like the moment that it, it struck me, and this is going to sound so weird, that that the Heat you know, would say stuff and oftentimes run contrary to that, was when they... They cut or trade, what was it? Traded Chalmers. I don't remember if it was a trade or if it was uh, an amnesty. I don't, I don't remember. Oh no, the amnesty, Mike Miller. They traded Chalmers to save on a tax bill. And to me, that was the first time I was like, wait a second. I, I was really upset about that. I, that was the first like real move that I went, you know, since I've had Heapy, that I went on the podcast and I was on Twitter and I was upset. And I was like, you guys sell yourselves on family. I mean, you drafted this guy beloved by the fan base, beloved by his teammates, a dude who won you a fucking finals game against Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. And you cut him to save a tax bill. A guy that loves Miami that still loves Miami. And by all accounts would probably come back if he was healthy and could. Right. So it's like you do that. And that's kind of when this unraveling started. Right. You trade Chalmers to Memphis and then, uh, you know, you, you still brand yourselves as family and this and that. And it's a business. And I do think that they've walked a lot of that back. I think They've walked a lot of that marketing back and they've really put their money where their mouth is and they're treating it like such. And I think that, and I've said this before, I, I do think that's part of why they gave Dion and those guys that kind of money. It was in part to kind of do favors to the players again, to show, listen, mm-hmm. you come and give us your body. You take less money to be here. And, and, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to reward you for that hard work. Cause remember I mean, those guys really bought in, they worked out best shape of their lives. So I get fans being upset because of a salary cap perspective and Albert really articulated that well, but I I think we also have to understand the human element of this business and why what they did matters.
3: Listen, you you reward your star players. And just as we've been saying with the Dwayne Wade situation, you keep your star players happy because at the end of the day, no matter how great your organization is, the best recruiter is going to be your star player. That is fucking right on you're absolutely right because riley can drop the rings on the table but if Dwayne wade is not sitting next to you that doesn't mean shit co-signing for you saying look at the way they took care of me look at the success we've been having that's gonna mean more than anything else
1: you don't think other players like know and respect bam at this point i mean like players love Bam. Let's 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 not even talk about how he's boys with everyone except for Miles Turner. Let's talk about how you know in a in a time of, of you know in the playoffs, right? Players, what the fuck? There's nothing to do at the time. All you could do, everybody was watching this guy dominate, and the peers respect him. Everyone's taking note. The features were written. Everyone knows his story. The dude is effervescent in personality. His game is great. Uh, I love him. I'm glad that he's here. Um, I just, I think fans should walk some of their shit back. I know that we were, we were a little disappointed because we expected yeah, sh- 2021. Shut up, Brian. Shut up, Brian. Points. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, Pete. Twitter. Stop bringing up the justice trade. It's ridiculous. That happened. We've talked enough about justice. Yeah, quiet, Dave. Quiet, God Dave. God damn it. Be quiet. Everybody <laughs> listen to Alf. Never doubt Pat Nandy and again. How dare you? How dare you doubt Pat Nandy? And the audacity.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?